1: Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne covering all things magic basketball. Buy fans, for fans. Go magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is May 9th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host. About to move to Florida, Luke Silvia. What's up, bro?
2: as you guys are listening to this on May 9th, if you are on May 9th, exactly a month from moving day for the Silvias back
1: to Ocala, Florida, we go. How do you feel about that? Like for a while you did, I know you guys are moving back for family, but how do you move? Like how do you feel about moving specifically back to Ocala? If you ask me three months ago, I tell you
2: I'm never moving back. Uh, and then we went back for some family stuff and uh, Ocala actually has grown. And like, since we left and whatever that was, like, since we really were last there, the entire state of Florida, like everywhere, Mm -hmm. it's crazy now. So, uh, you know, whatever, four years ago, um, three years ago, whatever it was like that it, it has changed a lot. And so that really played a huge part. I did. And a lot of people that like I graduated high school with are, are there, but it's not like they're there because they're losers because that used to be the sentiment right like if your hometown is small which it was at the time not three years ago but like you know back in when i was in middle school elementary school maybe um and it's grown exponentially but like that was the thing you know people the people if you if you study in ocala after you graduated high school then like you probably didn't make it but like there's people genuinely making it i know people that are now realtors all sorts of things and they're making a name for themselves it's pretty cool to see and it makes me feel better about moving
1: back i think that is just a hometown stigma that everyone has they feel yeah. like oh if i'm still in this town five years ten years after i graduate i'm a loser and then all of a sudden like six years go by and you're like you know what i'm still here i'm, I'm doing okay for myself and then you just kind of grow up and you kind of like move past that but yeah i'm glad that o- ocala is uh, is growing it seems like you guys are uh, you know gonna have a nice little area to raise the kiddos in yeah yeah so, we are oh and uh it. i mean you did kind of announce that you're having a boy i did yes let's go future and this is cliche to say but it's true
2: this time it's a future orlando magic basketball player coming to you yep in october dude he's gonna I don't know. he's gonna be he's gonna be white as snow he's gonna be five foot eight and he's just gonna dunk on everybody
1: so <sighs> back to reality <laughs> I don't know what it is, dude. My kid's fingers are so long; like he looks oh. like he's ready to palm a basketball already. It's like it's good. really. Like I have very average hands. Yeah. His like finger to palm ratio is insane. Like, really? like, literally, baby Kawhi. I, I, I'll that. have to show you, send you Love a picture of my you. kid's hands. This is getting weird. Anyways, guys, <laughs> we have a very special episode for you today. We had Jake Chapman of the Orlando Magic radio network that came on. Uh, talk about the NBA draft lottery. We talked a little bit of Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, and the job they've done. First time we had Jake on the show, I've run into him in person a couple of times. Always fun to talk to Jake. He was great on the episode. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. Before we get to the interview, uh, we do have a couple of things that we want to cover. First of all, coming up next Tuesday, May 17th, We believe it's going to be around 7 o'clock. It's looking like that. We're going to be at Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando, for the NBA Draft Lottery. The watch party will be down there. Trivia, giveaways, giving away a free signed Franz Wagner jersey. Luke is busy scheming on how he can make his way to the Draft Lottery watch party, so watch out for that. If this comes to fruition, it will be the first time ever that all three of the Six Man Show OGs will be in the same building at the same time with Jonathan, Luke, and producer Kevin. So mm. if there is not any other reason that you will come to the draft lottery, it should be for that because that is going to be a historic moment. Mm-hmm. Come,
2: come, shake my hand. You know, we'll have a nice talk. We'll have a chat. Maybe I <laughs> buy you a drink. I
1: don't know. So you know, it depends on how you feel. Get I'm a couple of drinks in Luke. Who, you know, who knows? Who knows? who knows? who knows? Who knows? The cards coming out. Oh my gosh, the the black card. He's like, you know what? Ah, whatever. Forget my kids' college. Just, whatever. You wanna you want another Mick Ultra? Here you go. I Just started hitting hitting the card on the on the bar. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Bar keep bar keep another round another <laughs> round. So yeah, May seventeenth. We're thinking seven o'clock. Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando, and also just quickly want to shout out our patrons that help financially support the podcast. Shout out Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L. Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Goaded Fasho, Ryan Singh, Blake Bickerstaff. If you would like to help financially support the Six Man Show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the Six Man Show. Luke, we didn't uh, mention the the mommies out there. We're recording this Sunday night, Mother's Day. Hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day. We love all the mothers out there. You guys are greatly appreciated. And we're going to run a double tankathon. Shout out to D Randalls on YouTube, who suggested since we missed the tankathon last week, we run a double tankathon. So here we are at tankathon.com. We are going to run the NBA Draft Lottery Simulator. We're going to run it once. We'll see how that happens. Then we'll run it again, see what happens there. The last two times I've run this and posted the results to Twitter, I've ended up with the number one overall pick. We have yet to end up with the number one overall pick on the show. So let's see what happens. Let's sim the lottery. And the Magic end up fifth with Oklahoma City number one, Indiana number three, Washington number seven, Houston number four, the Orlando Magic at number five. Let's go ahead and run this again. The Magic end up number five with Houston number one, Indiana and Oklahoma City, Again, jumping into the top four, Indiana at number two, OKC at number three, Portland at number four, and the Orlando Magic at number five. I don't like it. I don't like that at all. And we talked about averaging out the picks that we receive in this double tankathon. We ended up with number five both times, so the average of five and five would be five. I think you know, we we've talked about this a little bit. You know, we just have to accept that we're going to end up with the fifth or the sixth pick, and when that happens, be like, okay, that's what we expected. And then anything over that is just like greatly exceeding expectations. And we can be really excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is going to do it for the intro of the show. We're going to get into the interview with Jake Chapman.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, Orlando Magic fans, we are back. We are here with Jake Chapman of the Orlando Magic Radio Network. Jake, first time on the show. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you? yeah I feel like it's uh,
4: we're long overdue thanks for having me guys i appreciate it
1: definitely definitely agree uh it's been a, a long season um we've talked at length about it on the podcast or you talked about how everyone from the organization has kind of taken a breath the last few weeks but now we're uh we're getting ready for the draft lottery are you excited or anxious how, how are you feeling about the lottery
4: <laughs> Those are two good words um <laughs> anxious is probably the best word i don't know i've it's a big one man after after the last year and a half it's like come on we're due I, I i want it i want i want a little luck i don't know if we need to be thinking of pat williams and his rabbit's foot or whatever <laughs> you know like turn turn back the clock a little bit but um uh, we're due and it's going to be it's certainly a, a, a big night for the organization
1: i've thought we're because we're putting on a, a draft lottery party over at uh, harry buffalo that night i've thought of like bringing like a 1000 ping pong balls like just in case like if we win and everybody take a picture kissing the ping pong ball with the you know the number one like Pat did back in the day, that works. But I, I think that's a great know, idea. Like I'm gonna try to stop you're, you're,
4: by. I, I'm gonna do. Um... The uh, uh, in the zone with Brandon Kravitz and I'm not sure if I'm going to do it in studio or where I'll be, um, but I'm definitely going to swing by this year. I missed you guys last That'd year. Awesome. And, I, and Dante, Dante said it was awesome. And then kind of the room got let out, or the air yeah. got let out of the room a little, little bit. bit, but I guess everything worked out with the uh, with Five. Yeah, years.
2: well, th- there's a couple things here, right? Like, people, we tell people we're having this lottery party and they're like, ooh, like, do you guys really want to do it at the same location again? I'm like, first of all, we're downstairs this time, not upstairs uh second of all we're gonna bring ping pong balls hopefully maybe
1: this is what it sounds like well no i was i was i was kind of kidding like i don't want to poke the bear like poke the proverbial bear uh, of history and like wag my finger in the face of that
2: i'd say we just do everything we didn't do last year right we're on the bottom floor bring the ping pong balls jake's there it'll be have you ever seen jingle all
1: the way with arnold schwarzenegger of of course when they like you know he's in the mall and he's trying mm-hmm. to get the the turbo man and they throw the balls up in yeah. the air i don't want mm-hmm. it to be that kind of scenario with just ping pong balls see that's what i'm picturing lawsuits pending yeah.
4: lawsuits <laughs> that wacky high
1: <laughs> with guys you know legs going in the air yeah, exactly so I, I i thought about it but I, I for that reason i my better judgment prevailed
4: but let me just say this just because last year didn't work out the way we wanted to doesn't mean you you uh, abandoned the location i think we go back you, you downstairs mm-hmm. now we got a bit more Mm -hmm. stature um Mm -hmm. yes i love the idea of ping pong balls maybe not a thousand of them uh but no i think i I think we're due this year and i think um uh we're not quitters here we're going back to harry buffalo we're gonna make it work
1: and the vibes it like the the atmosphere was incredible until the magic ended up with the fifth pick like before that you would have thought we were winning the nba finals like everybody was going crazy (laughs) and before the, the electricity the tv went out yeah, before that. Well, even after that, when the power came back and the, the TVs came back, because it was a terrible storm that night. It was a bad omen. Even after that. that mm-hmm. Yes, it definitely was. We should have known better. But, but we got to remember that they, getting eight was a win, too, right? Like That's why 100%. the vibes were high,
4: right? Like We, we didn't yeah. know necessarily heading in um, that it was going to work out that way. So,
1: Well, even the 14th pick, I think it ended up being the Warriors pick, if I'm not mistaken. But from the very first pick, there was no chance the Magic were going to end up that low. When they announced the 14th pick, everybody went crazy as if we had dodged some kind of bullet. It's like, guys, we had no chance of ending up 14th. Like Everything is okay. The lottery for us starts at 8. And when it came up the Bulls, and, Jake, I don't know if you saw, like, the in-studio reaction of, like, the Bulls analysts, like, we got the eighth pick. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. It's not going to the Magic. And then they're like, wait wait a minute. Wait, that it. pick is actually going <laughs> to the Magic. Like, what do you mean?
2: That broadcast was so
4: funny. Oh, the Bulls broadcast was gosh. hysterical.
1: How
2: do you
5: oh, –
1: yeah. I mean, how do you get on without, like, that sort of level of – People prep? do like, it on ESPN every bit. day, and and they're, it seems <laughs> like they're encouraged to do that. Yeah. So, But that's why, like – Jake Chapman exists. That's why the six-man show exists. Because we <laughs> exactly. actually know what we're talking about about the Orlando Magic. Sometimes, some yeah. sometimes, sometimes yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. Well, we like to, Luke and I fake it. I mean, Jake is a professional. Luke and I just get on here that's and, right. and hey, kind of r- ramble. That's right. hey, that's the name of the game.
4: And you use the word professional very very loosely. I'll say that. I do not use it
1: loosely. It. If you take it loosely, that is one thing. But <laughs> I, I use it, uh, you know, very very specifically. But Jake, I wanted to ask you, you know, it's been five seasons now with the front office combination of, of of John Hammond and Jeff Weltman. How would you uh, evaluate the, the job that they've done so far? You know, we can take a look at the moves or, you know, whatever the case may be from the last year, but just kind of like the five season body of work, you know, starting in 2017, the first year with, with, uh, with, with Vogel. Um, Or is it, is this, are we going into the fifth season now? I think we're going into the fifth season, one with Vogel. Two with Clifford, one with Mosley. I think now we're going into the fifth, right? That would make. I think your math checks out. Which three, isn't always the case. Was it three with Cliff? I think it was two with Cliff. It was two because he made the playoffs. Made the, the playoffs. The first time, the first year. Right? No, you're right. He is right. It's made the playoffs years. twice because it was Toronto and then Milwaukee. But that was then in the, the playoffs in the bubble. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to hang around, so it was five years. So my first instinct was correct. So five years, Jake. We had to do our redo the arithmetic here, but uh, and, how and do you think you, they've and,
4: done? You know, when you think about it like that, like I think that's kind of the <clears throat> the reason you know there's that sort of barrier there is because it's, it's almost like two different eras, um, right? There it was, it was Vooch and Evan and Aaron and that team maxed out. But I do think between Jeff and John and Coach Clifford, they did a good job of maxing it out. And I think that experience is important for the organization. It was important for some of the young players that are still on roster. I think the most important decision they made was at the trade deadline last year when they decided we've maxed out. And so, Mm. you know, the real judgment now moving forward is going to be Franz and Jalen and some of the other young talent that they traded for and drafted. Um, I think, look, you you know, has Mo Bamba's career gone like like probably Jeff and John thought it was going to when they drafted him that high? Probably not. Um, Obviously, with J.I., you're talking injuries. I think Chuma's been right about what—Chuma and Cole, I would say, are right about what you would expect for where they were drafted. I think they've they've both proven they're going to be contributing players on a good team. And then I really think it's just, you know, those high picks. Like, Jalen had a disappointing rookie season. I don't think he would um, hide from that. But I do think the, the potential and the ceiling is still very, very high. I think if you liked him coming into the draft process and through the draft process, you should still like him because, obviously— there were a lot of things happening last year, and it, it, you know he's not a broken player. He just needs tweaked. Um, Franz Wagner was a home run, I think, and the trade for Wendell was a home run, I think. And so w- when you go through and look at what the core is now and what it might look like moving forward, I think there's a lot of good things there, but um, you know, we need a star. like We need something to sort of tie it all together, and so it's going to be kind of an incomplete grade, I think, um, until we learn a little bit more about the young players we have on roster, and until we add a few more as well,
2: yeah. And I, I think that you 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 said a good word at the end, which is like we still have to wait really before we can put a grade on this. Like it, it's not like their the, the years that they've put into this is is it. This isn't the picture's not finished being painted, right? Like we have we have more to find out. There's more to come, and I think that that kills fans everywhere, but especially Magic fans because you've been going through this like whole thing. And it's like you thought like the magic make the playoffs. They're the seventh seed. We're on the cusp. But then the term you used again, which I liked, was maxed out. Like you you're the 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 pinnacle of your success with those core players had been met. So there there's really not like you, you can't put a grade on this yet, like you said. Um but I think that Magic fans want to put a grade on it you know, you, you've you seen how
4: they've, you know, and, and go ahead, Jake. You'll well, to I was just going to say, home. I think that's because you're 100% right. I think that's the most frustrating part. And But I also think, like, I I think the part of why it's been this, like, 10-year cycle is because the rebuild was never seen all the way through. And that goes back to Hennigan, and that goes back to kind of, you know, shortchanging a, a, a group of young, talented players. I don't know what it would have looked like if you kept Victor and Tobias and Vooch together. <clears throat> But I do think at some point the decision was made, like, we're going to trade some of the young guys to try to bring in some vets and try to, like, short, you know, shorten the, the learning curve and um, skip a few steps in the rebuild. I don't think you can do that. I think that was a mistake. And so that's how you end up with a 10-year cycle where you kind of feel like you've just been running in place. Every three or four years, it's a new coach, might be a new GM, um, you, you know, a new direction as far as the roster goes. Right now, I think that, you know, it's it sucks, obviously. It's been a year and a half without a whole lot of wins. But I think the future is so bright. And yeah, it's going to be another two or three years, probably, I think, uh, of building and, uh, and of developing. Um, and it doesn't mean two, three years of losing. Like, I, I would expect them to be much better next year. And if not, um, then I do think there will be some changes on the horizon. But you, you have to be... You have to water the seeds and then let it grow. You can't like force it. You can't skip steps in a rebuild. And I think like that's why it was such a monumental decision to trade everybody away and to sort of start over because um, I think it was necessary.
2: Yeah, and I wanted to add to that. We we had um, Drew Gooden, uh, YouTuber Drew Gooden, who's a Magic fan. We had him on uh, the podcast uh, most recently and we kind of started to talk about it and we're kind of you know we're, we're having a good time we're hoping that you know Jonathan poses a question or I do like where do, where do you think this team is next season or, or but compared to like what do you hope right and at first we were all like you know play in like that should be the goal next year play in but then you know you start to look at that that conference like the eastern conference i mean you you got charlotte cleveland atlanta brooklyn like those were the the play in teams Yeah and it's like do we know that the magic are, are are to that point and it's just like you you kind of have to eventually swallow that pill of like next year it's not a guarantee the magic make the plan it's a goal and it should be the goal right um i think like you should be done we should i know we're going to continue to develop guys but i'm hoping we're done hearing that mainly and we're going to start hearing about how we need to win games so i it's just it's a toss-up there's a lot of good teams there in the bottom of the east and i think it, it is going to take maybe a couple more years of, regardless of why we like it or not.
4: But, I, but don't you think if you, if you stay close, if you stay, you know, if you don't fall 15, 20 games below 500 mm-hmm. you know, before February, um, then that's something, right? Like, you know, you don't need to put a number on it, but <clears throat> you just want to know you're headed in the right direction. And so staying in the conversation for the play in for most of the season um, and having a shot entering the month of uh, April or late March, I think that's a, that's a, a worthy goal.
1: Yeah, I think that's where you want to see the team be, you know, like heading into the last couple of months of the season. You don't want to all already be looking ahead to the draft lottery the way that we have been for the past miserable. Few yeah. It, and, and then that's you a get big to the point,
4: thing the too, James, I mean, you
1: know, like, I mean, the
4: the atmosphere and the fans have been great, but after 35 home games or whatever, it just kind of feels like you're going through the motions and like, yep. God bless our game presentation team and and stuff hmm. and like the job that they do to keep the, the energy high. But when you're, you know, when you're playing Sacramento in March and 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 the, and you're just sort of playing out the string on the season and the playoffs are, are not even a thought, um, that can wear you down as a fan base and um and as an organization as well. Like that's why I think Coach Mosley and staff did such a great job keeping um the vibe and the energy up all season because it can be very difficult.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's really talked about enough. I know Luke and I have, have you know touched on it a bit on the show, but. Just the job that Mosley did over the course of an eighty-two game season with a young team who in February, March, and April really didn't have much to play for. The last couple of months, you know, young guys, they want to go on vacation. You know, they want to take their, their families. I you know, it looked like RJ Hampton took his whole family to to Cancun, I think it was. So these guys, you know, they're definitely looking forward to those types of things, but not being on vacation, you know, the the second or third week of March and looking ahead to that. Mosley did a, I thought, a great job of keeping the guys engaged throughout the year, Jake. I know that you're, you know, around the team a lot. You know, you're at all the home games and everything. Uh, what was your opinion on on Mosley and just kind of the way that he interacts with these guys and and keeping them engaged throughout the 82 game season? Yeah, I think, I think that's
4: like a big a big part of it, right? Is optimism. I don't think Tom Thibodeau could have lasted <laughs> lasted this year with this team. Right? <laughs> like, you needed you needed a young, fresh voice. I think it's increasingly more important um, to have a coach who in some way can relate with guys, like whether or not it was because he was a pro or because he's a little bit younger. um, It's, you know, they trust him. And Coach, you know, Coach Mosley is very well known around the league. But like, I've heard a lot of guys talk about their head coach. And sometimes you can tell, you know, they're just sort of saying the platitudes and cliches that you say about a coach because they don't want to. Rough, funny feathers. These guys like genuinely respect and, and love him as a coach and as a leader. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to deny him. You, know, you hear him talk for like five minutes and it's like, okay, this guy, you know, I'd run through a wall for this guy. I think mm-hmm. there was also a lot of practical, tangible um, progress and, you know, development. And you can see that with specific players. I mean, not to mention December, like the month of December with Omicron and the Lakewood Magic yeah. and everything. Like it was a wild year, and they've been almost all wild these these last couple. Um, but just think about what you saw from Cole and Wendell, and obviously Franz, and um, even guys towards the end of the year who, you know, came on strong. Like it was a big year from Obama. He had some good stretches and he had some rough stretches. He finished strong. I think that's important. R.J. Hampton was up and down this year. He finished strong. Uh, in the month of March and into April, so I think keeping guys like that engaged throughout the year, and then having them play some of them their best basketball in what "quote unquote" were somewhat meaningless games. Um, hell yes, that co- goes back to the coach; he's the one that's that's making all that happen.
2: Yeah, and I think that you know something I've heard recently is like everybody wins when the leader gets better, and and Mosley got better this year. Like yeah. it, there was times where early in this early in the season, Jonathan and I would be scratching our head about like, why didn't he use a timeout there, or like why didn't he do this, why didn't he do that? And as the season kind of went along, we we started to realize the glue of really what's holding the season together isn't the X's and O's, like it, what's holding this team together is is Mosley and just his way of of communicating with these guys and, and motivation. And and in the in the what he allows them to do, right? They're young players. He doesn't discredit them at all. Obviously, Jalen Suggs, when he's injured, you see him coaching from the sideline while he's injured and really involved in the game. Mosley's like, I, I guess, like maybe the words that he speaks to to Jalen made him feel like Jalen he could like do that. Like it was okay for me to do that. So I, I think that I mean I, I really. Came around on Mosley and and tried not to like knock him off too early in the season. Obviously, he's got a, a a very hard hand to deal. He's got a fun hand, but it's very hard. And and I I
4: think that you have to really admire what he was able to do. I think um I think it's a great point about coaches improving. Like it, I, I don't think anybody ever gives credit to that. Like mm-hmm. you would think we expect the player to improve. So yeah, a coach should improve as he experiences situations and then operates through them. The other part though, I think is. A lot of the X's and O's and decisions throughout the year, like it was a development year. And so sometimes something that might not necessarily make sense to us, but there is like a long term development goal behind some of those decisions. I know there were times this year where people were like, okay, why are we finishing with this lineup? Um, but the bottom line was like we needed that data. Like the coaching staff wanted to see different combinations. And yeah, like in March, maybe we win that Cavs game if we don't finish the game. Um, you know, with, uh, with whoever was on the floor. I don't remember. I think I blacked that one out of my mind. But there were <laughs> definitely instances where you said, okay, like, like you, you know, it, it made sense to second guess. And I think we needed to remember that um, this was a year about developing all of the guys on roster. And that includes, you know, Iggy Day <laughs> or whatever. <laughs>
1: Well, the, the development of Ignis Bresdakis is is critical to the future of the Magic. I don't I don't know that anybody would argue that that's not the case. Played um, well at the end of the year. Give he definitely credit. did. I, I I was very critical of Ignis Bresdakis and too many times <laughs> on this podcast, I'm like I've seen enough. But Iggy, he he played his butt off. You know, the last you know five seven games, whatever the case was, when he started to get you know fifteen to twenty minutes a game, started you know scoring the ball pretty well there. Jake, I-, I wanted to go back just a little bit to our conversation about John and, and Jeff. Last year during the draft lottery, um, it- it's almost become a meme on you know Magic social media of the look on Jeff Weltman's face when the Magic received the fifth pick. You could tell that he was disappointed. Obviously, the Magic had odds to end up in the top three. That was not the case. If history repeats itself, as I knock on my fake wood <laughs> desk here... Um, if the magic aren't so lucky this year as to end up with a top three pick, and the magic is you know the the organization maybe is not satisfied with the 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 talent available at the fifth or the sixth pick, do you think there is any possibility that we are here having this same conversation next year, hoping for a, a top pick in the lottery? Oh, you know, I hope not. I think there's.
4: Um, hmm. I think if you if you don't. The bottom line is like, hit the pick. You know, one, five, eight, you can get a great player there. We saw that last year. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I think you're better off if you land a top three pick. But I wouldn't expect uh, the number one pick to turn us into a championship contender next year. And I right. wouldn't expect the number five or the number eight pick to turn us into it. You know, it's no matter what, mm. it's going to be another, it's going to be a steady climb. And I, I, we should probably. Right expect that now with that said again if we start next season the way we did this year basically and if we're sort of at the bottom of the of the standings throughout the year I think probably that's when you start to say okay like what are we doing here right like everybody expects the team to be better next year and that is that's not (laughs) I can say that pretty comfortably
1: (laughs) Luke has has, uh, mentioned on the pod a few times that Jeff is always very particular about the phrasing he uses especially when he's making media appearances and talking about how the goal this year was development so we're kind of on pins and needles <laughs> waiting to get closer to next season to really start to ask Jeff like what is the goal oh, this season so and if he says to win games to be you know competitive and you know think about the playing game because a few years ago it was our goal is to make the playoffs and we'll this year win games. It, it turned to we're focusing on young players. We're focusing on development and learning this season. And those kind of buzzwords are what we're going to be looking for heading into next season. And I think, I think the sentiment throughout the fan base is that we should be competitive, but it's almost like you just, you never know quite exactly what you're going to get from Jeff Weltman. And I think part of that is on purpose. He likes to keep things very close to the vest. Yeah. But it seems like the organization sentiment, Jake, and I, I hope I'm not speaking for you here, um, but people within the organization expect the team to compete next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think you've got
4: a. You, you're still going to have a young core, right? Like I don't. I don't think we're going to go out in free agency and, um, you know, bring in Harden or something like that. Um, <laughs> oh my! Please, God, no! <laughs> it's it, Free agency, I, it, it's pretty evident, I think, from what Jeff and John have done and from the direction where we are right now, um, that we are building a young core. And, and it is going to be another year somewhat about development, but development, further development, right? Like, these guys aren't going to be rookies or in their second year anymore. You are going to expect big jumps from some of the core guys. And I'm sure there will be, you know, minor tweaks, maybe some trades. And obviously, you're going to hopefully land um, one or maybe two really good players in the draft. And so, you end up going in and saying, um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to say or hear that the play-in or even the playoffs necessarily is the goal, right? Because somebody like Jeff and John, they're, they're smart enough not to to sort of box themselves in like that. But I do think you'll hear, you know, the buzzwords or the mantras a little bit more... Um, ambitious than just development like I think you I think you nailed it I think last year everybody knew it was going to be a rough season and and when you go young you don't you don't win a lot of games it's it's hard to win with a whole bunch of youth in the NBA. Next year we're gonna be a little less young and so we're gonna expect to win a little bit more um, I don't know if that means being a top four team in the Eastern Conference but I do think heading into next season the thought is going to be, we want to be one of the best 10 teams in the conference and i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all
2: yeah that that's the big thing for me right like you, like you said the the team really starts behind the 8 ball when you're under 500 by a certain point this season and you end up winning 22 games and that's by no mistake like the we saw you know like you don't have to say anything but like we you know we saw we knew and and so it, it, as far as that goes you know you look at the 10 spot the team in the 10th spot in the East had 43 wins this year, I believe. It was 43 or 42. But it's like, is there a path to that? And, and that's a lot of what we spent last episode on was like, is there a scenario? And we broke down the scenarios of how this goes best case for the Magic over the next couple of years, how it goes worst case. And, and you just, at the end of the day, hope that the Magic can beat the teams that they should beat and that they're competitive with the teams that are that are great. And that's all you can ask for next year, along with some health. I'd really love some health. That'd be great too. Um, but but yeah, man, I, I, I think next year there it's gonna be a roller coaster. And I, I hope it's a great one. And I hope it doesn't end and we're like, man, that roller coaster sucks.
4: <laughs> Not one of those like old wooden ones where it like dirty. Yeah, you the around rickety ones where your I love neck hurts. Bush yeah, Gardens. Do you shout like your
2: neck Gwazi. hurting
1: at the end of the roller coaster? Not necessarily. It, and you have a bad a, back. What are you talking about? Was this uh, well, not, I back don't problems? really do the roller coasters anymore for that reason. But uh <laughs> no, back in the day I loved I loved Guazi. Yeah, Gwazi now they now they have the iron guazi, actually at uh, at shout out to Bush Gardens. <laughs> but uh but yeah, Jake. Um yeah, we're looking forward to to the draft lottery here. Like Luke said, injuries are gonna be such a it, it just seems like it's become like the magic have just been snake bitten the last few years with with Jonathan Isaac and then you saw it at various points this season and maybe some of that was not wanting to push guys too hard because the goal really wasn't to be competitive it was to develop these guys is there how do you feel about that in terms of like the prospects of the magic staying healthy Are, i'm paranoid every single time one of our guys goes down now i think the worst every single time yeah i mean it
4: Look, I, and I'll say this too, like being competitive versus development, like those aren't mutually exclusive. Like we, everybody wants to be competitive. It's just when you're super young, it's difficult to be. So the goal is to develop into being more competitive night to night. Um, and I think going back to, to Coach Mosley, I think one of the things, one of the feathers in his cap is that at the very least, like that team didn't, they didn't quit in many games. There weren't many games that were decided by, you know, halftime games where yeah. you got down a lot but the team kept fighting and I think that's uh, a credit to the guys I have in the locker room and the coaching staff. But look, I get it, John. like I I mean dude, it's it's to be a Magic fan historically is to fear every time a guy goes down with with a sprained ankle. Like that's you've been trained that way and you can't you can't change your emotions and your gut reaction. Mm-hmm. Like hell yeah, I feel that way. It sucks. It's also so random and there's not, you know, there's not anything you can really do except, like, cross your fingers and hope for the best. I do think, like, some of the – because you're right. Like, some of the um, ankle sprains that would normally be a five-game turn into eight or nine, because, yes, you were, like, exercising caution this year, and especially when you're, like we said, 20 games below five hundred in December. Like, let's not rush our prize, you know, rookie guard back onto the floor uh, with a sprained ankle when, you know – it would would be smarter to be a little bit more cautious about it, so that makes sense. And I do think if you're in a playoff race, like guys are going to cut through injuries a little bit more so than they may have. Um, but you you know you can't really do anything. Like they got a great training staff. They've got you know it's everything is like at this level. Um, it's just kind of random. And with a guy like Jonathan, I mean it. It's it sucks, you know. And I don't think I, I've never believed in labeling guys injury prone or anything like that. I was a Cavs fan growing up, and Zydrunas Elgowska's career was supposed to be over. Seven foot three, he could barely move, and they rebuilt his foot in the 1990s. And he played another, like, 12 (laughs) seasons. Um, And so each guy is different, and you just hope, like, you know, Jonathan Isaac at some point is going to get everything right, and he's still going to be pretty damn young, and hopefully he's able to carve out the career we know he's capable of because we've seen what he can do when he's healthy. Um, But it's really difficult. And then once you start, you know— having injuries. And then as you're working back, you're adjusting for something else. And now it's the quad or it's the hammy or whatever. Like it can be, it can snowball pretty easily, I think. And I think you've seen that with Jonathan and hopefully he's able to get right and get completely right. Um,
1: and get back out there where he belongs. I'm right there with you, Jake, uh, before we leave you here, just give us your overall sentiment on the, the future of the magic. How do you think, how do you think this goes over the next three to four years? Well, I
4: think we're in a good place. I think, like I said, I think it was uh, the look in the mirror and, and the realizing that it was maxed out, I think was necessary. I think it was difficult. I think we're we're kind of going through the growing pains right now. It's, it's hard when you have a young roster. But, boy, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Like, <clears throat> Franz was an absolute homer. Wendell, like, the, those two guys excite me very, very much just heading into next year immediately and what it can look like. Um, moving forward, and then you throw in Jalen and Cole and R.J. and all the talented um, guys that you've seen flashes from, and you think about what this could be if things work out for us next Tuesday. um Maybe something to sort of tie it all together. I think that's kind of that's kind of what you're looking for. Like we can build Memphis. I think we've got a bunch of Memphis's pieces. We don't have Ja, right? Like. You know, I think we can build Phoenix. and Maybe that means eventually trading for Chris Paul, and we won't necessarily do that. But we don't have Devin Booker, right? Like, we've got guys like Bridges and Cam Johnson, and we've got good role players right now. And I think we've got some guys like the guys that I mentioned who can grow into really, really good players. I think it would be great if we, if we, and maybe he's already here. But I think we need somebody to grow into that like superstar, um, perennial All Star sort of model because that's how you win at high level in this league and I don't think we've identified that guy just yet
1: I think it's funny that you mentioned Memphis and that we mm-hmm. don't have Jaw because that's exactly the same conversation that we had last week <laughs> yes yeah. we could become a, a Memphis type you know archetype team but you need jaw to be able to do that like as good as Desmond Bain and and, and Dylan Brooks and triple jr if you don't have Ja, it's all for nothing yep. so we're kind of right there but Jake Chapman, thank you for taking the time, man. If people don't know where to find you, where can they find you?
4: Uh, Twitter, at Jake Chapman OOM is the best place. And, um, yeah, we've been kind of off for the last couple weeks, but we'll have some draft content coming your way pretty soon.
1: Awesome. So, Jake, we'll see you Tuesday at the, the draft lottery here at Buffalo, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Awesome. Jake Chapman, thank you so much. All right, boys. Thank you. All right. That was the interview with Jake Chapman. Again, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time and joining the show. Always a great time. Thank you. Welcome back anytime, Luca. Uh, the way that Jake talks about the magic, it you know, makes me uh, you know, I'm I'm a natural optimist, but anytime I'm feeling bad about the magic and we have a guest on the show that just like hypes me up, just mm-hmm. gives me life and and allows me to look with hope to the future of this team and this franchise.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, he alluded to the fact that you know, we're we're going to have a, a two or three, probably more, you know, growing seasons. But that doesn't mean the magic can't be competitive, can't win games during those times. So I think it's a good perspective to have. He gave a lot of good little nuggets in there. Ways to really think about the team and and just uh you know, about how the front office has handled things so far.
1: I don't know. Is Brink the Disney Channel original movie? Is that ahead of your time? No, I know I know
2: I know Brink. I don't know like I I can't say that I could like tell you a scene from the movie. Okay. I just know the name.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll give us a little brink reference here. So Great. at the end, towards the end of the movie, Andy Brink and his his soul skater, team puppin suds, all right. They're going against name. Team X Blades in the, like the final championship. And Brink skates by his sister and she tells him, skate better. He's like, Oh my gosh, why did I not think of that? <laughs> just skate better. Of course, just skate better. Jake said something that we talked about last week with Drew Gooden the YouTuber, not the NBA player. This Drew Gooden is way cooler than the NBA player. Just want to throw that out there. But we were talking about how the Magic very well could evolve into a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, but you just need Ja. It sounds so simple, right? Just get Ja. (laughs) Just get get a Ja. Just just get a Ja Ja Morant. Just skate better. Yeah, just skate better. Just get Ja Morant, and -hmm. all of a sudden this team turns into a contender. But it, it really does feel like that. Now, the Magic might have jaw on the roster. I would say probably not, but it's not outside of the realm of possibilities. If we're talking about like a Franz Wagner, right? Like that, I think that's the guy that we're like, Hmm, probably not, but maybe, you know, maybe uh, probably not, but he could be potentially, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just, just get jaw. It's pretty simple. Absolutely. Simple. All right. I think that is going to do it for us for this week. Make sure you guys come out to the draft lottery, watch party, May 17th, Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando. It is going to be a blast. And the Magic are going to end up with a pick. They are going to end up with a pick. We will find out what that pick is. For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show.